Thank you for joining us this week on the Forward Church Podcast. Here's a dynamic word from Pastor Justin. I want to uh, set this sermon up today because, you know, God is, is really moving in, in, in our midst and, and so many salvations, so many different things is going on today. And, and I just think that it's, it's important for us to understand the season of time that we're in. I'm doing a one-and-done sermon today. I don't know how many of y'all know what a one-and-done is, but it's, it's, I'm not starting a new series today. Every once in a while, I just like to do a one-and-done. And, and normally what that consists of is, is I'll, you know, me and Cassie, we're doing the one-year Bible plan together, and every once in a while, I'll read a scripture, and it'll jump off the page. How many of y'all has ever, you know, you've read a scripture, jumps off the page, and so I'll read in, in the Version Bible app, and so I'll bookmark it. And, you know, I'll just say, I'll save it. And God, when you get ready for me to share it, I'll share it. So I read this scripture um, probably about two months ago, and I bookmarked it. And I said, God, whenever it's time, let me know. And I, I went back, and I was studying earlier this week, and, and it was like God said, yeah, it's, it's time. And so I want to do a one-and-done sermon today. Pastor Tristan is preaching next Sunday. Uh, my wife and I have the just the, the blessing and the opportunity to be able to go to uh, Church of God State Camp meeting this week. We're going to get poured into this week, praise God. How many of y'all know even a pastor and pastor's wife need to be poured into every once in a while? And so I, I appreciate that opportunity and the blessing that we have to be able to go to Birmingham uh, for state camp meeting. And uh, Pastor Tristan's going to follow up next Sunday. But then on Father's Day, why do I say all this? I say all this because on Father's Day I'm going to launch a summer series and I, I know they probably don't have this graphic back there. That's okay. It's not a formal announcement. It's just I'm just talking right now from my heart, okay? Uh, on Father's Day, I'm going to launch a new series called uh, Hot Topics. And, and I'm going to tackle all of these pop culture things that's happening in the world today. We're going we're gonna to hit it head on with the Word of God. What does the Bible say about marriage? What does the Bible say about gender? What does the Bible say about all of this, all of this stuff that's all, the indoctrination of our kids today? How many of y'all know we need to be aware that we have an enemy and his M.O. is to steal, to kill, and to destroy? But thank God we are made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, and we're going we're gonna to tackle those topics head on. So I'm going to launch that series on Father's Day. So dads, get ready. Amen. If you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 23 today. I want to look at verses 28 through 30 as our main text. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. So if you don't mind, please stand for the reading of God's word. This is something we do at Forward Church. I know we have stood for a long time today, but I, I, I promise you, after we read the scripture, I will let you sit down and I will stand for the rest of the service, okay? So Exodus chapter 23, beginning, beginning with verse 27, if you got it, say, I got it. If not, it's up on the screen. It says this, and I will send my fear. This is God talking to the children of Israel in regards to him leading them through the wilderness into the promised land. He says, I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among all the people to whom you come. And I will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. In other words, I'm going to cause your enemies to run, to flee from you. How many of y'all are thankful that God will cause our enemies to flee? He said, I will send hornets before you. How many of you have ever been stung by a hornet before? It's not a pleasant experience, is it? 
He said, I will send hornets before you which shall drive out the Hittite, the Canaanite, the Hittite, and the mosquito bites. No, I'm just playing. Uh, from before you. And I will, I'll, he's, listen, verse 29. I will not drive them out before you in one year. I'm not even going to do it in one year. Lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Verse 30 is what we're going to focus on today, okay? Verse 30 is our focus verse. Little by little, look at your neighbor and say, little by little. Little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased and you will inherit the land. Today I'm going to talk to you for a few moments on the subject titled Little by Little. I want you to fist bump two or three people and I want you to tell them, get ready. Get ready, get ready. We've already prayed. Fist bump them and say, get ready. God's got a word for you today. You can be seated. God did something miraculous in the nation of Israel. He led them out of their bondage in Egypt. But we all know the story. Because of their disbelief, and they sent spies, and I'm not even going into all that, into the promised land, and and they came back with a negative report, all but two of them. And, and so they had to wander through the wilderness for 40 years. But how many of y'all know that God did not bring Israel out of Egypt to leave them in the wilderness? Even though they wandered in the wilderness, God did not bring them out of Egypt to leave them in the wilderness. And I want you to understand something today. God never leaves you in the wilderness. God doesn't save you to leave you in your mess. This is a helicopter sermon. It's not a 747. We're not going to take off today. We're going to go straight. We're going to go straight there, okay? God doesn't save you to leave you in your mess. A lot of times we preach this doctrine of, of, of get saved and, 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 and just live like you want to live. Live in your mess. Live, keep, keep on, you know, just doing you. Just do you. We hear that all the time today. But can I tell you, that's so contrary to what the Word of God teaches us. As a matter of fact, God loves you too much to leave you in your mess. And as a matter of fact, can I tell you, that's the, that's the best expression of love that we could give anybody in this world today. And what the world views as hate speech, can I tell you, as Christians, it's sharing love. Because as, as believers, we believe that salvation should actually produce transformation or there is transformation happening. In your life, that when you're saved, God has called you. It's something called, we don't preach on it a lot today, but it's called sanctification. And it's, and it's a process. I'm not telling you you're going to be perfect after you're saved. I'm not talking about making mistakes. I'm not talking about temptation. I'm not talking about any of that. But what I am talking about is a lifestyle. There is a change in lifestyle. That is what repentance is. It's turning from your old ways. And behold, the Bible says all things are made new. God loves you too much to leave you in your wilderness. His plan from the beginning was to bring the people of Israel into his land of promise and abundance. And though they were mighty nations in Canaan, God said, I'm going to send my angel, and that word angel, if you'll back up in the same chapter that we just read, that word angel is actually capitalized. God was actually saying, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit before you. 
He's going to go before you. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. And everything that, that you do is, is going to be led by the Holy Spirit. God is going to go before you. And what seems, listen to me, what seems like an angel to some people who obey God can seem like a hornet to those who don't obey God. I've been there before. Now, I don't know about you, you know, I know y'all like to think I'm perfect, but I'm not perfect. Golly, that didn't get the reaction it got in the early service today. See, the thing about it is, when we obey God, what can seem like blessings and favor and and God going before us and preparing us, God says, I will order the steps of the righteous. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, I try to stray away from that saying today, but the fact of the matter is, God will lead, and it's not our righteousness, it's we're, we're clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It's, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives within me. I don't make myself righteous. He, in his blood, in his grace, in his, his mercy, in his goodness, I, it's no longer me, but it's his righteousness that I'm clothed in. And God said, I will order the steps of the righteous. And when we obey God, it can seem like, man, blessings, honor, favor. But those are, who are in disobedience to God, those who are in rebellion to God, what can seem like an angel to one person can seem like a hornet to the other person. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but a little short testimony. I was miserable when I was running from God. There was moments in my life, I know it's hard to believe, that, man, I, I, hence the bald head. There was a lot of stressful moments in my life. Come on. But it was those moments that I was, I was running from God. I was running from my calling, knowing good and well God had a call on my life to preach. And I was scared to death. Didn't know what I was going to do. I was a nobody from nowhere. Grew up in a little town called Billingsley, Alabama, with a little 1A, 2A high school. Went to kindergarten through 12th grade, same school for 13 years, knew the same people, and they knew me and my past and my mistakes and my failures and my flaws and my junk. But how many of y'all know I'm not who I used to be? And how many of y'all's got the testimony this morning? Thank God. It's only by the grace of God I'm not who I once was. See, God don't leave you in your wilderness. God promised to drive out the enemies of Israel from Canaan. But he would not drive them out all at once, would he? Israel may have wanted to have the land all cleared out before them, but God knew it was not, for, it was not best for the land nor for them. And see, I want you to understand something this morning. We like to have things all cleared out at one time. We like for, the, for everything to be clear. We like to know the final result before we even make the first step. But how many of y'all know that's not always how God works? Sometimes God does things little by little. And sometimes what God is doing in your life is he's clearing out things in your life little by little. See, we want it all done at once. We live in a microwave generation, but we serve a crock pot God. And though it sometimes frustrates us, this is often the way God works in our lives. He clears things out little by little. And we prefer it done all at once. But many people, when it's not done all at once, they, they, get, they get discouraged. They think, well, God's against me. He's not for me. I'm not in God's will like I need to be in God's will. God is, is out to get me. And God is all this. And the enemy's planting thoughts in your brain left and right. Telling you, man, that, that 
that God don't love you, that he's against you, he's not for you. But what we don't realize is that God is allowing you to grow in that season. See, God wants you, many people get discouraged when they can't see the whole picture or if they don't get complete victory of their entire land. They want everything cleared out at once, but sometimes that's not God's plan. And God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. We have a, we have a flower bed at our house. We purchased the property about, well, it was July of uh, 2020. And how many of y'all know Sister Pastor had to get off the property before the construction started? This is a tough crowd today. Um, so we got, off, we got off the church campus, and uh, we got our own piece of property down here. We love it. We love it. And, but for some reason, the owners before me, and I love them, nothing against them, you know, but uh, they decided that 12-foot deep flower beds all the way around the house was the way to go. I don't like them. They have these little things in there. I don't know if you've ever seen them before. Little vines that run along the ground look like little Christmas tree vines. They have little leaves on them like a Christmas tree. I don't know what you like, little evergreen-looking vines. That's what I call them. I don't know the proper name for them. I'm not a, I don't have a green thumb. From the pits of hell. Because you can't put pine straw under them. All you can do is cover them up. And then they're just irritating. They, they irritate me. Too. Anyway, I said, I'm going to get rid of these things. And guess what? I'm going to do it the easy way. Because that's what we like. We like to do it easy. So I, the only thing I got, I don't have a tractor, you know, I don't have a, whatever. I, just, I got a 55-inch zero-turn bush hog lawnmower. I said, I'm going to get in there. I'm going to chew these things up. Gone with you. I got in there, and I thought I was going to be cool about it. You know, it has a little lever that you work with your foot to let the deck down. So I pulled the PTO on. I was letting that deck down real slow. All of a sudden, it started hitting some of that stuff. That lawnmower started. <laughs> Actually, what I didn't say in the earlier service, that was your idea. Wasn't it? I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to be in the doghouse now. Um, I was like, oh, Lord, it would not stop vibrating. I got off the lawnmower. I turned, you know, PTO off. Turned, I was like, Lord, this ain't good. So I'm like, I'm just going to try to cut some grass. I'm like, I'm just going to, this thing's meant for cutting grass. I'm going to just make sure it does what it's supposed to do. So I got back on it, gotten out in the yard, pulled the PTO, engaged it. As soon as the belt started turning, guess what? It lasted about five minutes, and then it slung the belt off. And I was like, oh, Lord. Guys, I don't know if y'all know this, but lawnmower blades are meant to be straight. Brother Ernest changed my lawnmower blades out for me. You want to know what these things look like? They were like crinkled, curved. I'm like, you know why? Because I try to take the easy way out. But I've discovered this new thing called a landscaping sawzall blade. And I'm going to tell you, it's not quite as big as the 55-inch zero turn. But little by little, I'm chewing that stuff up. I'm getting rid of it. And I'm going to tell you, God's making beauty out of ashes. That's what he does in your life. What the easy way might not always be the best way. Look at, look at the word right here. Matthew 13, verse 24. 
Y'all know the parable of the wheat and tares? This is Jesus' teaching right here. He said, another parable he put forth to them saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. Pastor, I'm sowing good seed. I'm doing everything you're asking me. You get up here and you harp and you preach and you shout and you, and you sweat and you spit and you holler and you, you jump on top of the chairs and you tell me what I'm supposed to do and I'm doing it. So what's wrong? I got all these circumstances in life. It seems like the world's out to get me. It seems like, man, I'm, I'm just, all of this stuff is going against me. And that's when the moment, that's the moment in time that the enemy's going, I got him. Because he'll plant that thought in your head that God's not for you and that you're doing something wrong. Now, sometimes we are doing something wrong, but, you know, that's, that's another sermon for another day. But he'll plant all these thoughts in our head. Like, and he'll get us think. he'll get all, the greatest battle over your soul happens between your ears. This is Jesus. Man sowed good seed in his field, but while the men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares. Now I know this is about the end times and rapture of the church, but it's my sermon. I'm going to preach it like I want to. He sowed tares. And when the grain had sprouted, verse 26, when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then what also appeared? The tares. The circumstances of life happened. The bad report happened. The bad news happened. The thing that you thought, I'm good, I got this, happened. Marriage on the rocks. Children rebellious, demoted, fired, laid off. It happened. But look. Verse 27, so the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, do you not sow good seed? In you? And that's just like the enemy. Even the enemy, the enemy will use church people sometimes. I don't know if y'all know that or not. But the Bible says the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. Let's leave that job up to the enemy. He does a good enough job at that, so let's just leave that job up to him. Would you, can we just make a resolution at Forward Church? Let's leave the accusing up to the enemy. But that's just like him. Did you not sow good seed? <laughs> Sister Bertha, better than you, will come up. You ain't doing something. You, you, if you sowing good seed, if you was reading your Bible enough, if you was praying, I'm like, I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. And still, life happens. Life is going to, we are not excluded, even as believers. We are not excluded from the circumstances that this life brings. The only difference is, you've got somebody in your corner. We've got somebody in our corner that, 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 that others may not have in their corner, and he's called Jesus. He said to them, an enemy has done this. Verse 28, an enemy has done this. The servants said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? But look at what he says. But he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also what? Uproot the wheat with them. Let both of them grow together 
until the harvest, and at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers first, and listen, I'm going to stop right there. A lot of times what we don't understand is that God wants us to grow in every season of our life. And what may seem like God being against you and God just not being for you and all this is actually God using the circumstances of your life to make you a more stronger, rooted person in the kingdom of God. Because listen to me, I want you to understand something. Think about this. I get this question all the time. If God loved me so much, why is he allowing this to happen in my life? Think about the opposite of that. Think about if God removed you from every hardship ever in your life. What kind of Christian would you be right now? Would you have deep roots or would you be a shallow faith Christian? You would be a shallow faith Christian because it's the trials and the tribulations that we have in this life that actually produces a good, deep-rooted faith. Give him praise. Come on. That's good preaching, Brother Driver. We like to see immediate results. But God wanted Israel to have increased. That's what the scripture says. God wanted Israel to have increased in the process. Somebody say process. In the process of taking the promised land. See, our faith is a process. Your faith is a process. Your walk with God is a process. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And so here's the deal today. And I'm trying to stay off of Alabama football. It's the process. No, anyway. I was scared to do it in the early service because we had too many Auburn fans. But we only have a few in here. I believe I could take No, I'm just playing. I'm not going there today. We have to trust God in the process. Sanctification is a process. Listen to me. Sometimes there's things in your life that God chooses to say, hey, listen, I'm going to drive these things out. You're going to be an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of your But in in this season of your life, I want you to grow. I want you to grow. I want you to increase. But see, we like to reach the top immediately. We We want status. We want clout. We want this. We want... Look at me. We want platform ministry. God will never place you on a platform until you can become a platform. And listen, I learned something this week that was really interesting to me. How many of y'all have ever been scuba diving before? I've never been scuba diving. I'm scared to death of it. I'm not going scuba diving. And for the record, I'm never going deep sea fishing again either. Stop asking. I love you. I love my church. I'm not going. I get sick. It's no fun for me, and it's no fun for you. So just stop asking. Scuba diving, back on subject, just really back in, everybody. Scuba diving is a very popular activity. It's, it's, it's really appealing to a lot of people. It's also an activity that requires proper training. Each year, approximately 200 people die in scuba diving accidents worldwide. Knowing how to dive correctly is essential. What do I mean by this? Scuba divers have to ascend slowly because if they ascend too quickly after a deep dive, it can cause serious injury or even death. 
Slow ascents decrease the risk of decompression illness by allowing the body to eliminate excess nitrogen. Rapid ascents, listen to me, may also cause lung rupture. Does not sound like a good thing. Lung rupture with collapse and reverse ear squeeze. I don't know what that is, but I don't want it. When a diver begins their ascent, it needs to be carefully planned and executed. It is recommended that an ascent take place in two different stages. I'm going to read these stages to you, okay? Stage one. During this stage of the ascent, the goal of the diver is to reach a safe ascent zone. This means they are ascending from a deep dive location and will need to stabilize. Somebody say stabilize. They will need to stabilize halfway to the surface. This is called a decompression stop. Somebody say stop. Which allows the body to reacclimate to the changing pressure gradually. Can I tell you a lot of times in our faith, it seems like we're at a stop. God, no doors opening. You shut this door behind me. You hadn't opened the door yet. I'm in the hallway, and we all know what Jensen Franklin preached. It's called hell in the hallway. And this in seasons of of stopping in our life where we think God has, has left us. He's deserted us. He's nowhere to be found. But what we don't realize is it's it's almost like carrying a couch up a flight of stairs. You ever carried a couch up a flight of stairs? I'm talking about multiple flights of stairs. Every once in a while, what you do is you reach this landing. And you've got two people. And every time you go up a flight of stairs and you reach a landing, what do you do when you get to that landing? You re-grip. You take a breath. You readjust. You re-acclimate to the pressure that you're under. To whom much is given, much is required. And what we don't understand is that in seasons of stop, sometimes that is God's grace allowing you to readjust to the pressure that you're under so that God can allow you to regrip and say, I'm going to the next level with God. I know God is with me. He's not against me. He's for me. Stage two, this is the final step. Now, listen to me. This is the final step. This is when the divers have to be extra cautious. Extra cautious. Because here's the thing. It may be tempting to rush to the surface when you can see it and it's just above you. It's in my reach. I can see it. I'm so close. And it's in those moments when we actually start getting close. We get close. We start taking next steps and we get closer to God. I'm going to get close to God. How many of y'all have ever made a decision? I'm going to get close to God and then all of a sudden, bam, life, man, just. It's in those moments when we have to guard ourselves even more. And while it may be tempting to rush through those seasons of life, it's, it's so important that we don't rush those seasons of life because we have to be even more cautious because the enemy would love to knock you out right there. But God's doing something in you and something through you. The current world record for the deepest dive ever is held by a guy, I'm not gonna even try to pronounce his name, Ahmad somebody, yeah. 
See Brian Waters after church. In 2014, that guy took, he took 12 minutes. Everybody say 12 minutes. He took 12 minutes to descend 1,090 feet. 12 minutes. He was backed by a team tracking him and helping him switch. The dude had to switch tanks. He could not even reach that depth without even with the same tank. He had to switch tanks. I'm like, I'm not diving first and foremost, but if you gotta take if you gotta take my air source and switch it, I'm, I'm out. No. It took him 12 minutes to dive 1,090 feet. After needing just 12 minutes for the descent. He had to take 15 hours for the ascend. We want it now. We want to reach the top. We want it yesterday. Pastor, we need to build that building. We need it yesterday. Kids is exploding. Youth is exploding. The ministries are growing. We need, the, we need it now. We need it now. We need, God, I need that promotion now. I need that relationship now. I need that degree now. I need that job now. God's saying, trust the process. Trust the process. Because what I'm doing, even though you don't realize it, is little by little by little, I'm bringing my plan to fruition in your life. See, you may not be where you want to be yet, but praise God, you're not where you used to be. Little by little, God has brought you. God has placed you right where you are so that you can grow in this season. And I didn't tell the early service this, but I'm going to tell you this. Don't miss this season. God's doing miracles in this season. And sometimes we miss out on the, even as small as they may be, celebrate the small wins. God's doing things in your lives right now that I guarantee you, some of us, I've been guilty of it, some of us miss out on what God's doing right now because we're so, we're just wanting next level, we want next level. There's nothing wrong with wanting next level, but when we get so consumed with next level that we miss here and right now, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. What you may think is a denial from God is really God allowing our enemies to tend what is already ours until we get ready to take it. Somebody needs to hear that. I know I'm going over my time and I apologize. But somebody needs to hear what you think is a denial from God, is a closed door from God, is a, is a, it, what you think is God, what you think is God not honoring me or not, not answering my prayers or does he not hear me? What you think is a denial from God is God allowing your enemies to tend and to care for what is already yours until you're ready to inherit it. It's what he did for Israel. You've got an inheritance today. You've got a promise today. God is for you. He's not against you. Will you stand? God said this, little by little, I'm going to drive out the enemies. 
He said, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous. This was just one reason why it was better for God to defeat their enemies little by little. Listen to me. This is what God laid on my heart right here. Doing it what seemed to be the easy way, which was clearing out all of Israel's enemies at once, had, and I highlighted this, I made it bold. I'm not lying to you. It's bold. That, doing it what seemed like the easy way, had consequences that Israel could not even see or appreciate. Listen to me. Doing it your way and my way may seem better, but when we do it our way, the process becomes a mess. We make a mess of the process when we try to do it our way. But what we don't understand sometimes, and I'm trying to get across to you today, is that if you will trust God in His timing, in His process in your life, that might allow us to avoid circumstances and consequences that you wouldn't even that you don't even see. You don't even know what God's doing in your tomorrow. Now I ain't got time to go there today. Today, God's in your tomorrow. God exists outside of time. He's preparing a way for you. Trust Him. Trust Him. I'm going to close with this scripture. One last, I'm going to, I promise you, I'll be quick. It's only a few verses. Luke 15, 11 through 13. It's the parable of the lost son because this is so important. Please be patient with me today. Then He said, a certain man, this is Jesus teaching about this parable. A certain man had two sons and the younger of them, that's so important, the younger one said to his father, Give me the portion of the goods that falls to me. So he, the father divided them to his life, divided his livelihood to them. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there he what? Wasted his possessions with prodigal living. And we'll stop right there. Why did I read that? Number one, because he he rushed things. Before the father was ready to delegate the inheritance, he went above, he went before him and say, give me. That's what we do, right? That's what we think God, God is there when, give me, give me, give me, God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And so, but what happened was he got what he wanted before it was his time. And even a good thing in a bad time is a bad thing. And he wasted it. And those of you, you're under the sound of my voice today, you're watching on the live stream, you're in here today, and you're, to, you're here today, you say, Pastor, I've wasted my life. I've wasted. You feel that way. The enemy has told you, my life is wasted. I've made decisions I'm not proud of. If you only knew, Pastor, if you just knew, I'll just be honest with you, if you knew me, you probably wouldn't even be sitting listening to me preach. If you knew my past. But I'm here, to, I'm, I've come by to tell somebody this today. You may feel like your life is wasted. But I've come by to tell you that God can take every situation in life and use it for His glory if you'll trust Him. He can take what the enemy intended to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. And when you say, God, I surrender to you, He can turn everything around little by little. And He can use it for His glory. Thanks again for joining us on the Forward Church Podcast. We hope today's message was a blessing to you. 
If you'd like more information, you can check us out on Facebook or at forwardchurchonline.com.